y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And this episode number 295, I have the privilege of introducing you to my friend, Dominique Young. It was scary. That's just what I would say. It was it was scary. All of the things that were going on, and I remember sitting on this bed, and it was just there was no sheets because they didn't want anybody to hang, hang themselves. And I remember sitting on the bed, and I said, "God, I'm a minister. You know, I'm a, a leader of a small group. I lead Bible studies at my church. I lead worship. What's wrong with me? I should be able to trust God enough." And, and, and have enough faith to not be experiencing this. And it was in that moment where the Holy Spirit really helped me to realize fear has taken over your life and has also taken over your relationship with me. And it's not in the sense that you think of fear. And so what he began to show me is that even the way I practice my faith is through fear. As a minister and a mom of one with another child on the way, Dominique Young looked like she had it all together. Great job, great family, great ministry. But a few months into her second pregnancy, she started experiencing postpartum psychosis, high anxiety, and began hearing voices. She couldn't mask her feelings any longer, and she found herself in a behavior hospital receiving treatment. In this episode, we're going to talk about the experience of getting a new perspective on faith how to walk through emotions in a healthy way and to rely on others, which is what we're all about. And, you know, if you want to connect with Dominique, check out her online community of Faith Mamas. She has a podcast. She writes devotionals and Bible studies. And I think you're going to be really encouraged by connecting with her ministry there. All right, let's get right to the conversation. Here we go. Hey, Dominique, welcome to the Don't Mama Love Podcast. Woohoo! I'm so excited to be here, beyond excited. You are so sweet and so loyal. You were telling me you've been listening to the podcast before it was even Don't Mom Alone. So yeah, thank you. No, thank you. This content has been amazing and has, has saved my life on numerous occasions. So thank you. Well, God was gracious to have our paths cross before the world shut down. And uh, your group of moms, it was inspiring to me to see how y'all encourage each other and then to connect with so many of the ministries you and your friends are leading. I just want, I want to connect other moms. And so I thought, let's have Dominique on the podcast so that moms can find out about Faith Mama's Tribe and all the Bible studies you're doing. And more than that, connect with you and your story, because I know there are so many moms that can relate to your journey. So are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Okay. So tell us, take us back. You have four kids, but in your mom journey, what is something that you've had to work through? What is a hard thing that you've had to overcome as a mom? Oh, that's such a great question. So six years ago, my life changed and it went through a radical transformation. Six years ago, I was pregnant with my second born son and Anxiety was high through the roof, but I lived with anxiety. So I, you know, it was whatever. Anxiety like was like before super kids. High. This was yeah. okay, okay. It was it was something, but it was also something in my high school years. It was something that I had kind of constantly lived with. And so in pregnancy, it kind of ramped up even more. 
But I did what I normally did, which was push it under the rug. Oh, it's okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. I'm so excited to be pregnant. All, you know, all the things that you say. And then I started to experience something a little different with this pregnancy, which was postpartum psychosis. But it was during the pregnancy because my, my children were still close together. Um, so some of the hormones and things that I was going through for my first and all that I was going through with now being pregnant with my second, and I began to hear voices. So that's what uh, postpartum psychosis, that's what happens. And I'm like, oh my goodness. But guess what I didn't do? I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. I did what I always do. I shoved it under the rug and I would usually um, put a scripture over it or something nice to say. I wouldn't tell people what was really going on. And when it happened, I tried to find my quickest way out of the situation um, and then kind of throw a scripture on it to kind of keep moving with my day. Hmm. And then a couple months into my pregnancy, I hit the biggest wall and I had a meltdown and I couldn't control it. I heard voices from everywhere and I could not control it. And I was at my job and I literally got in my car and just drove. I didn't know where I was going. I just needed to to get out of wherever I was. I was literally trying to drive away from the voices, but I couldn't get away from them. I didn't call my husband. I didn't call anyone because up until that point, I didn't let anyone into any of my mental health things that were going on. And I ended up at my aunt's house and she said, you've got to go to the hospital. And at that point I was like, okay, fine. Just somebody help me. And I went to the hospital. And when I got there, my husband, uh, my aunt calls my husband, my husband comes there and he's shocked because again, not only did I hide it from everyone outside, I hid it from everyone inside, my mom, my husband, everybody. And He's in the hospital, like trying to be supportive, but also getting a lot of this news for the first time. And they eventually say, we're going to put you on a hold in a behavior hospital. Woo. Talk about tears. I'm like, no, please, no, there's got to be another way. My thought process is now everybody's going to know I'm going to have to take off of my job. I'm thinking about, you know, no, I can manage this and and all of these things. And they're like, no you've got to go on this hold. You're not safe. You're not, a, you're not safe for your children. You're not safe for yourself. You're hearing voices. We've got to get a handle on this. Mm. And so I go in this hospital and it was, it was scary. That's just what I would say. It, w- it was scary. All of the things that were going on. And I remember sitting on, um, on this bed and it was just there was no sheets because they didn't want anybody to hang, hang themselves. And so you didn't really get a lot of things. Um, you had like a blanket, but it was very sterile. And I remember sitting on the bed and I said, God, I'm a minister. Mm. I'm a, you know, I'm a, a leader of a small group. I lead Bible studies at my church. I lead worship. What's wrong with me? Yeah. I should be able to trust God enough and, and, and have enough faith to not be experiencing this. Hmm. And it was in that moment where the Holy Spirit really helped me to realize fear has taken over your life and has also taken over your relationship with me. And it's not in the sense that you think of fear. And so what he began to show me is that even the way I practice my faith is through fear. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it shocked me. I was like, wait, what? 
Okay. And he began to show me that even the ways that I would put scriptures on things, or I'd be like, you know, I would be having a horrible day and then I would say, I'm blessed and highly favored. Because that is actually fear. Yeah. So yeah, talk to us about that because you said that a couple of times, putting scripture on things. Yeah. For the mom, like what would, that would be what it would look like. You would think a thought that you knew wasn't maybe in line with God's way. And so instead of dealing with it, you would just, you would quote scripture back to yourself. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Or I would say a scripture or quote a scripture out loud. For instance, there was a time where I would say, like, I would feel a fear that would be like, I feel so alone. And then I would say, well, the Lord is with me. And then I would just keep moving. Mm. And I would just say these things. It was kind of like rote and quick and I would move. And what I realized was that fear fixes Fear has, gives you an increased desire to fix everything. It has to be in a neat little box. And fear convinces you that if it's not in a neat box, then something's wrong with you. And so I would put things in these neat boxes every time. I wouldn't allow myself to process. I wouldn't allow myself to feel the feeling. I wouldn't allow myself to, to even try to think why I'm going through this. Why am I thinking this? Because I thought, by even giving myself permission to process, I thought I was not being Christian enough. Wow. Because I would, I think a lot of uh, moms in their mind would think I should have a scripture for this, or they may have been told by a mentor to, when you start feeling that fear, call to mind God's word. And God's word is powerful, and it does move mountains and is living and active. But I think what's important about what you're saying is the fear was not letting you work through the problem, but find control. And scripture was where you found control Mm -hmm. instead of the freedom that God's desiring. It was just another method of getting control instead of actually getting health. Is that right or no? Absolutely. No, that's absolutely right. I'm thankful to connect you with Dominique's story and her ministry, Faith Mamas. I also want to provide you with some help. If like Dominique, you are experiencing some feelings of anxiety or fear or even depression, and you have been trying in your own ability to recruit help, or you've been masking those feelings, I want to connect you with this week's sponsor, BetterHelp. And what they are, they're going to assess your needs and they're going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with that person in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. And if you are a mom who has kids home, they're distance learning or they're still under the school age, you can still get help from home through BetterHelp. They are going to provide great therapeutic matches to make it easy. And you can change counselors for free if you need to. It's more affordable than the traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit their website, read their testimonials. They're posted daily at betterhelp.com forward slash DMA. That's Better help, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional counselor. 
you get an, a special offer as a DMA listener of 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash DMA. So you're in this sterile place in this room. God's revealing to you that it's fear, that even with putting scripture on top, it's fear. What, what, what happens next? I mean, that is a lot for a new mom. It was a lot. And I was pregnant at the time. So (laughs) it was, it was a lot. And God was gentle with me, but it began a process of just uncovering fear and not trying to fix it, which was very uncomfortable. And so it was a process of when fear came up to literally look at it and say, hmm, I feel this way. These thoughts are coming up. And to almost like, I began a process of almost like taking it out of myself Mm. and looking at it. Like, where did this come from? You know, what is some of the things that are causing it? And it was so uncomfortable. And because it was so uncomfortable, I realized that the process was too heavy for me to bear by myself. So even after I was released, I was in the hospital for 72 hours. And even after I was released, I went directly into therapy. Yeah. Because I realized that the fear was so thick and was had been in my life for years that when I attempted to process it on my own, I found myself in a puddle of tears Mm. and found it very difficult to function. And even with the postpartum psychosis that was going on, the fear was actually not the psychosis. The fear was, what is everybody going to think about me? Mm. What is, what is this going to do? Am I going to ruin my children? what is everybody going to say about me? The girl that got, you know, put in the behavior hospital. What is everybody going to say about the girl that studied psychology in college and yet can't manage her own emotions and the minister and the, all the, that was the fear. Yeah. And so the postpartum psychosis was there and it was a process that I walked through as well and got support through. But the fear is what created the anxiety around even that. I couldn't even walk through the postpartum psychosis without extreme fear and anxiety. And so learning how to take it out of myself and say, you know what, I'm really afraid of what people will think about me. And I'm trying to form a life around manipulating how they view me. Why? You know, why am I doing that? Why am I in the, the, the therapist that I worked with really did a great job of helping me to uncover and unravel. And it was hard. And God was showing me that that is faith. I always Mm. thought faith was easy. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I thought if I just, you know, said something and I kept moving, then God on the the back end without my knowledge would take out all the fear. And then, you know, all I had to do was quote enough scripture. And what God began to show me is that I want you to have faith that I am God so that you can be human. Mm. For the people in the back. (laughs) That is everything that he can be God and you can be human. So what did that look like? as you start grasping in faith that you are limited and he is not, 
what, how did that impact your day to day? It impacted everything. I began to realize that fear was trying to convince me to be the God of my own life. Yeah. Fear was convincing me to fix all my problems, fix the problems of everybody around me. Fear was convincing me to manipulate situations so that I can, I can control how people see and view me. Fear was convincing me um, to perseverate on outcomes and, and fixate my eyes on outcomes. And faith, through faith, God was teaching me to process, give myself time to process feelings. They don't have to be fixed That was one big thing. And then another thing was giving myself time to experience. And that's the bad feelings too. I was really good at experiencing happy. (laughs) I loved experiencing happy. Yeah. And I was like, woohoo. But God began to show me that faith is experiencing sad too. Faith is experiencing anger too, frustration. All of these things are part of the natural human condition, but I didn't want to experience them. And so it's having the faith to experience them because when I'm sitting in sadness, the thing that's now rooting me is God is still God. Even while I'm in this sadness, he's still God and I'm human. So this is okay. It's okay that I'm crying. It's okay that I'm sad. It's okay that I have these feelings. And so experiencing it and then also The biggest thing that was something that I'm still working through as well is allowing myself to lean. I thought that I had to be the strong person, the one everybody comes to, the one that has it all together. And I realized that was fear. And faith said, just lean. Lean on friends. Lean on your husband. Lean on God. Allow yourself to be interdependent and allow that to be okay. Yeah, I think a lot of moms struggle with relying on others and they may not be able to connect. How is that fear? What, how did you connect not leaning with fear? What were you fearing would happen if you leaned on someone? One of the biggest things was that if I leaned on someone, then they would take advantage of me. Now that was mine. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a different one. Right, 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 right. But for me, it was that they would take advantage of me um, and kind of like my footing, I wouldn't have strong footing so I could fall more easily mm. or I could fail more easily. And so I was really nervous with leaning because I felt like that meant I was putting my life in someone else's hands. Yeah, there, there's more like when we're independent, we can um, maneuver and adjust without anybody seeing our failures. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it makes you feel like you have more control. You can control how people view you or what people see. And when you begin to lean or um, rely on others or share your story with others, you can't control the narrative that they create in their brain about you at that point. Right. That the, the your, your soft side is revealed, the vulnerable. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. And at that point, you have no more control. They can think tons of things maybe about you and you have no control over that. And that for me was really scary. Even my husband. Yeah. Because then they could reject you based on what they see. Yeah. They could reject you. They could talk about you. All of these things were in my mind. And also um, at the time I was a new 
minister. I had just been licensed as a minister. And one of the pieces of advice that I got was don't let people see your flaws because it will ruin, yes, it will ruin your witness. What? Yes. That was the advice. That was the advice I got. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And we wonder why ministers and people who have ministries just succumb to depression and other things if that advice is given to others. I mean, yeah. wow. It was a big workshop actually. And, and they talked about when you allow yourself to get too close to the people that you're ministering to, um, they see your humanity and they don't see God's goodness. So you have to take your humanity out of it. And so as a young minister that is also struggling with anxiety and things that people didn't know at the time when I was first licensed, I did not realize how toxic that mindset was and how laced in fear that mindset was. Mm. And that's why I said fear can creep in and look really good. And you, you incorporate it into your life. It was incorporated into everything I did. I tried to back away from even in the small group that I led, instead of allowing myself to participate fully in that group, I was just there to share the scriptures. They were getting all the breakthrough. But I was like, okay, I just, I don't want to put too much of myself out there because I don't want to ruin what God is doing. I don't want to be too human right now. Hey, y'all, Haven in here to tell you about another one of our sponsors that I love and you've heard me talk about. It's Prep Dish. And let me tell you, this week when I turned in my manuscript, uh, I desperately needed to go to the grocery store because I'd been working so hard. And so from the parking lot of the grocery store, I pulled up my email from Allison and clicked on the paleo option. She has a keto, paleo, and gluten-free option. And I chose a couple dinners. I had my grocery list. I could walk right in. I didn't have to scroll through Pinterest or come up with like, what are we going to have for dinner this week? It was all right there. And so this week we are going to have Cajun shrimp with mashed cauliflower and broccoli and a Vietnamese steak bowl. And it was super easy for me to plan that out. If you need help, if you are a mom who has a lot going on and you just need a, a little a little something to help you know what's for dinner, please go check out Prep Dish because Allison's going to give our listeners two weeks for free. If you need a little boost, a little help, uh, to see if it's a match for your family even, go to PrepDish.com forward slash DMA and you can get those two weeks for free. That's PrepDish, prep like you can prep all of the things ahead of time if you want, PrepDish.com forward slash DMA. Wow. So you've, in your journey, learned to process the feelings, apply faith in that God is God and you are not to lean on others and reveal your vulnerabilities. What else has brought you through? I mean, I know we're all in process and you're, (laughs) it's not all tied up with a bow, but for someone who's totally gets right where you are and they want to be moving forward, what other advice can you give? The biggest thing that really helps me and, and you kind of hit on it, it's not all tied up in a bow is that it is all a journey. There is no arrival. There is no arrival. And that is the biggest part for me. Even the concept of leaning on others. There are times where I still try to shove things under the rug. And I have to sit back and say, 
Ooh, oh, you're you're really shoving things under the rug right now. What's mm. going on? Mm. As opposed to saying what I used to say, or when I first started this journey, I would say, oh my goodness, you're shoving things under the rug. Stop doing that. Why are you doing that? You got to get yourself together. Like more shaming. Yeah. More, more shame, shame. Yeah, more yeah, fear yeah. again. Yeah. And so what I've realized to do is just every part of it is just a journey and to enjoy the journey. I think about a roller coaster. I love roller coasters. <laughs> Some people don't. So you yeah. might not get this. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't for a long time. So yeah. Okay. I love them. So pretend like you love roller coasters with me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when you're on a roller coaster, there's ups and downs and your body experiences tons of things while you're on this roller coaster. And for me, I learned to enjoy the drops and the ups and the all of the process of the roller coaster. And what God began to show me is that walking by faith is really allowing yourself to enjoy the roller coaster. Walking by faith is, is trusting, hey God, I'm trusting you to be the tracks on this thing. Because mm. on a roller coaster, you're not typically, if you love them like I do, you're not thinking this track might give out. <laughs> like You're not thinking those things. You're just like, woo, yeah. And God is like, I need you to trust me to be the tracks on the roller coaster that you can actually experience the, the drops, the failures, the sadness, the ups, the happiness. You can experience it all. You can experience the grief, all of it. You can um, include people on your journey to help you process through all of that without having to feel like you also at the same time have to be the tracks under you. Mm. And so God was like, let me be the tracks on this ride and trust me that whether you're in an up or a down, I've got you. You can fully experience life. Wow. And that was the big, that was the big thing that God is still working with my heart on. But that's the big thing that I want anyone listening is that true faith is not trying to avoid the hard times or trying to believe good enough that your life will be comfortable forever. That's just not the human experience. True faith is allowing yourself to go through the ups and the downs but trusting that God is those tracks under you that will continue to secure you throughout the whole process. And it gives, it has given me so much freedom to experience life. I think for the first time in my life, these past two years, I am experiencing life. The, the happy the sad 2020, my goodness. <laughs> well, that's like, what I was going <laughs> to say. I mean, let's talk through fear and faith for the mom walking through right now, walking through back to school, walking through an unknown future. And I mean, I, I see the gamut. I, I had a conversation with a mom and she was like, well, I just don't like how the school's handling the mass situation. And I honestly didn't know which way she meant. Mm -hmm. Did she mean it wasn't enough or it was too much? There's so many <laughs> different feelings that I, I think, how, how do we navigate this and show grace for each other that the perspectives are going to be so different? Not like getting on our high horse, like you have too much fear, you need to have more faith, but grace to 
for that journey of where they are and what this is revealing in them. You know, that was a very, that was a lot of things I just said, Dominique, I get it. (laughs) But like, talk us through what, what have you been processing lately with faith and fear? So 2020, I'm glad we got here because 2020 has really been like, I'm like, whoa, I don't know if I'm this healed. (laughs) (laughs) It's all coming up again. Right. I'm like, whoa. And um, what I've begun to, or what I started to realize just in time is that it's it's really the same lessons that I've been learning over the past six years, which is all of it is a process and none of it needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And that is what, or none of it needs to be fixed by me, I should say. Right. And that is what I have been walking through this with. There have been so many things, a lot of the things that happened surrounding or that have been happening surrounding police brutality and have really ramped up in 2020. For me, my brother actually went through police brutality. It's very, very um, close to my heart. Um yeah. And so it was hard, again, to see these things in the news while I was trapped in my house, Mm, my family. I couldn't even go anywhere. And if I clicked on social media, boom. Right. (laughs) And there it is. Right there. Yep. 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 And I couldn't avoid it. There was no avoiding it. I couldn't sweep it under the rug. And what I began to just do is experience it, Mm. not try to fix it. I cried a lot. Yeah. I cried a ton. Yeah. I think I cried last week um, just about all of the uncertainty around schooling. Mm. And I am learning not to allow fear to creep in and shame me for crying or for not having all the answers or for not knowing how to fix it because I don't. Or when my kid asks me a really hard question about all that's going on, he's seven and he's like, I hate the coronavirus. Right. I just want to go to school and see my friends. And you know what? I hate it too. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't have a really pretty message to give to him. And what I would have done in years past is I would have said, oh, I'm a horrible mom. I should have more of an answer. I should have something to give him. Mm. And, you know, now I just sit with him in it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's hard. And I trust God will be God. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what, you know, a lot of times as moms, I think we think we're going to traumatize our kid forever. Uh, I don't even know if I'm traumatizing my kid. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, we trust that God is bigger than any trauma we cause or any, exactly. any trauma that Corona caused. I mean, if generations before us can walk through this times seven, you know, world yeah. war and plagues. And I mean, if people have made it through, I think our God can hold. Our God can hold. So we're not, I think it goes back to this quote. I remember maybe it's Lisa Bevere. I don't know who said it, but moms who are worried they're going to ruin their children and her response is you're not that powerful. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. feeling that in our hearts we think the decisions we make around our kids ultimately determine the outcome and you mentioned that earlier this obsession with outcome and this this thinking that every choice we make manipulates what's going to happen as if we're God and we're creating kingdoms and little kingdom dwellers and little trophies. I mean, it is 
just ripping us of all of that and that we're handing our lives over to government. You know, not that we hand our lives over to government, but we're realizing, wow, there, there are laws and they impact our the way we live. And the rest of the world maybe gets this a little more than we do. We've, you know, we think we have freedom, so we should do whatever we want, whenever we want. But I think it is revealing a lot about our own hearts and where we find control and, and surrender. I mean, it is all getting all worked out. And I think what you said, not letting fear shame us for the tears or shame us because we're scared or shame, you know, I mean, it's so multifaceted. And also you mentioned watching other people and other people having differing opinions. Yes, yes, yes. And I feel like fear tries to rise up and, and say, no, you need to believe like me. And the f- <laughs> Right, because then I feel better. If then I feel like- better yeah, yeah. because I think that if you believe like me, that is what it takes to fix the world. Yeah. If we would all just get on my page because I've got all the answers. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Exactly. And and as we constantly look at fear, fear always tries to convince us. It's like a God complex mm-hmm. that I myself am in control of everything, even though we know that's not true. Yeah. But fear mixed with urgency mm-hmm. tries to get us to a place where we are constantly trying to control. And that is why I have, I literally on purpose, and it's painful, it's excruciatingly painful. I go to social media pages of people I don't agree with and I don't say anything. I just read their stuff on purpose. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. And what does that do for you? I do it because I want to confront all of the emotions that come up on the inside of me. Huh. And I do it because I want to know what's going on inside of me when it's confronted with all of the things that I don't agree with. Yeah. Because the honest truth is that I am experiencing life with myself. And so I need to learn how I process things and why I process things the way that I do and why the, the anger or the rage starts to bubble up that I need to understand that more than I need to fix your way of thinking. Mm. And so I would intentionally go on YouTube channels and I'm telling you, I would be in my room like, oh my goodness, I can't believe. (laughs) But I wouldn't say anything, but I would pay attention to my own experience and my own process so that I started to uncover fears that I didn't know that were there. Why was there what they thought causing such a rise in me at some point? points, I thought that it was, or I realized that it was because I was afraid for my sons. That was a big thing. Yeah. My, I have black children. I have black yeah. sons. Yeah. And I realized that it wasn't so much what they believed that was causing this, this rage and this anger. It was fear for my black sons. Yeah. For, for their and, safety, for their for lives, their for being misinterpreted. Yes. But you know what? I can't control their future. Yeah. Oof. And I had to start to confront that I wanted to control their future by controlling everybody around me because if I could get you to see them right, then I could protect them. But that's a lie. I can't. I'm not God. Mm. And so that's what I began to realize about me and even the differences that I would have with people, even with the the coronavirus. Some people are like, wear masks. Some people are like, don't wear masks. Yeah. But then I started to look at why am I 
afraid or why, why does this anger that turns into fear rise up in me? And for a lot of it, it's because I want to control. I want everybody in my bubble to be healthy. I want every, and, and if I feel like you're doing anything that's going to impede their health, then I need you to fix everything because I don't want you to impact my people. And what I began to realize is that, again, fear is creeping into my life and saying, you've got to get control or everybody around you is going to die. Yeah. And guess what? I can't control their lifespan or mine. And I do things, I do certain things, you know, um, I make decisions and choices that I believe are the best ones. But guess what? I, I still don't know. And I have to be okay with not being God. Mm. Okay, that's a whole sermon, Dominique. (laughs) I'm just going to sit in silence with that one. That (laughs) was exactly right. And may we all have grace for each other Mm -hmm. in the fact that we are, all of that's happening inside of each of us, you know, and then we're crashing into each other and conflicts are happening. And so uh, I, can I just say thank you for sharing all of your story today and encouraging us in a way on how to reckon with our fear and not just shove it down, not let the feelings be the boss of us, but also not by ignoring them, we're letting them be the boss of us. Does that make sense? They're still driving. And so can we point people to where they can get more of you and your ministry because you are you are walking alongside moms and you're pointing them to the truth of the Bible and so many different resources. So where can they find you online? Sure. So you can find me if you go on our website. It's www.faithmamas with an Faith. S. Faithmamas <laughs> with an S. Faithmamas with an S dot org. Okay. Um, and then also you can find us on Instagram and also on Facebook at Faith Mamas Tribe. On Facebook, it's Faith Mamas Inc. Um, and so those are some places that you can find find me and find a lot of the women that are going through this journey together as well. And the cool thing about Faith Mamas is that it's a group of women who are walking through life and not trying to fix everything, or at least trying to experience life and and acknowledging when we're trying to fix it all um, and kind of bring ourselves back and helping one another to bring ourselves back um, to just experience and to process and to not try to fix everything. So I love the women there. I know that I I founded the organization, but it's really for me. (laughs) I need it. (laughs) That's good. That's good. And y'all have Bible studies too that you offer. Is that right? Yep. We have Bible studies. We have um, Bible study resources. Um, we also have small groups and uh, that you can get involved with weekly. And if you're like, look, I don't have any time to watch a video, listen to a podcast or join a small group. We also have a Facebook group that when you jump in there, um, there's always a Bible chapter that we are studying and you can just jump in and study. And then whenever you are free, just type your reflections and they don't have to be perfect with the bow. It can literally be, I think some people's reflections, mine included, are like, what in the world is this chapter about? I don't <laughs> yeah. understand. And that's okay too. So there's a lot of different ways for you to get involved, but we do have Bible studies in, in, in a variety of different ways. Such a great resource. Y'all check it out. 
Thank you, Dominique, for being with us today. I'm, I'm really encouraged. Uh, I hope other people are too. And I'm excited to kind of work through my fears in the future. I, that's weird to say. I'm excited to work through fear, but I think it, you've equipped us in a way that is unique. So thank you for that. And I hope you and your family finish out <laughs> 2020 well. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having me. I have listened to this podcast and it has been such a blessing. And I pray that this episode blesses another woman the way that all of the other episodes have blessed me. Oh, you're so kind. Well, I appreciate you. Keep going. We need you. (laughs) Not that we need you like you're God. We need God. But we're thankful for you pointing us to him. So keep going. Amen. Thank you. I had someone reach out to me this week via Instagram uh, about their fear and looking for verses. And I thought of this episode with Dominique that perhaps sometimes instead of just shoving the fear down or trying to manipulate our, our situations to remove a feeling, we need to ask God, where are we not trusting him with something and to walk through that feeling with God. Um, I hope you were inspired. I would love to get feedback on what you thought about Dominique's testimony. And I'm going to pray over us. Lord, we thank you that you are God and that we are not. Thank you for the reminders that we are limited, particularly in these times and days where there is so much outside of our control. I pray that through grief, through sadness, through anger, through fear, even through joy, Lord, that we would be dependent on you and bring those emotions to you. I pray for the person listening that is overwhelmed and feeling like there is no hope that somehow, some way today you would bring her a glimmer of hope, that you would bring that person who is prompted by your spirit to send that text, that encouragement, that we would be women who are responsive to your nudges I pray, God, for Dominique. I thank you for how you're ministering to her and through her. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Thanks to those of you who have joined us over on the Patreon Don't Mom Alone community page. Uh, I am so grateful for y'all. If you don't know what Patreon is, basically it's a website that allows artists, creators, podcasters to be supported by their patrons. That's y'all. And we have a couple levels of support there. And then what you get is just some VIP access to more content. This past week, Bruce and I did a little chat uh, that you can watch the replay of. There'll be some future um, live chats, mentoring, maybe some bonus podcast episodes that head your way. Um, and, And the goal being to produce this podcast and possibly be able to grow our team. All of that would be amazing and only possible with y'all's support. So head over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Don't Mom Alone. Check it out. See if it's something for you. And I hope I get to see you there. All right. Meet you back here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, 
Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.